It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, uh, Jim, uh, we are still freezing to death up here in Minnesota and trying to play night baseball. I, I looked it up. 21 years at Met Stadium. Uh, very few uh, night games, and they have six this week, four this week and six this month. It's, uh, it's hard to do at this time of year. Boy, it really is. You know, I, we love the game, and, and uh, we understand cash is king. And they've eliminated what we we used to have nineteen double headers a season, which fans just loved. And when I first heard about the cool opener, I started tracking on RetroSheet. The I heard nineteen sixty two was the coldest, and so I looked it up, and it thirty three degrees. I started that game. Yes. And in about four innings, I walked six guys. <laughs> and I remember, you know, in that game, I think it was like April 15 or 18 or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was there as a kid, yeah, April 14th or 15th, right? Yeah, Yeah, and I, you couldn't grip the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm watching the games. I watched the Cup game today, and there's, you know, some miscues. Guys aren't handling the ball well, and you just hate to see that. I, um, I, I wish they wouldn't. You know, I wish they'd shorten the season, first of all, but I wish we could bring back the old-fashioned doubleheaders for the fans, you know. And uh, I can remember when Mickey Mantle was in his prime. If we went into New York and it was sprinkling in the morning, the game was off. (laughs) The game was because they did not want to take a chance on Mickey slipping in a wet outfield. Of course, now now field surfaces and drainage and things yeah. like that are a lot better. But uh, there was much more concern, uh, at least from the Yankees' standpoint, for the players in those days. But this, this is tough conditions coming out of Florida. You see, um, you know, a handful of injuries almost every day. Either a strained oblique or somebody pulled a hamstring the other day, and you can't blame it all on cold weather. But uh, but it's uncomfortable conditions for everybody. Uh, that game in 62, that opener in 62, there was snow uh, all the way down the lines and then kind of behind the fence out there in the outfield. Uh, they, they, you know, they, I remember snow still being on the, uh, not on the playing field, but off to the side of the playing field that day. Yeah, you remember, I don't know if you remember, but we used to, we used to kid the ground crew, Ed Weller, Dick Erickson, and their crew. They had this flamethrower. Yes, you know they had this little. It looked like a lawnmower with a big spout on the end of it, you know. And it would they would you know blow the moisture off the warning track and do the best they could. But you know there was some soggy spots, and uh, I I think we only had uh, I don't think we had a very big crowd at that game. I want to say maybe fourteen thousand people or something like that. Uh, 
Yeah, and, eight, and for eight, Minnesota, eight thousand. I, I, I looked it up. Eight thousand. Eight thousand. Eight thousand. Yeah, yeah. eighty-four hundred uh, or you something. Know, Minnesotans are hardy, but <laughs> they're saying we don't play baseball in this no, weather. <laughs> no, no, we do not. And uh, of course, the uh, that's not your most famous home opener. Of course, the time you had to be helicoptered in was uh, better than that one. The floods yeah, in nineteen sixty-five. Uh, right, flood. That was a flood deal where. Uh, you know, I'm driving in. Rich Rollins, Bill Bethay, and Dick Stigman all lived in Burnsville, myself, and driving in, and traffic backed up. You know, no cell phones. I get out of the car, <laughs> talk to the guy ahead of me, what's going on? Oh, the river's flooded. We can't get in. <laughs> I think I may have called Sydney. I don't know if I called Sid or I called Paul Geel and said is, they had a traffic helicopter. Yes, there. right. And so the traffic helicopter picked us up in Burnsville High School parking lot, <laughs> took us in two by two. You know, it was a home opener against the yes. Yankees. That was a big deal because they were coming off five street uh, pennants. And uh, I think we had like 16, 15 or 16,000 at that one. Yeah. And then they didn't, then they didn't play them for about, uh, you know, they, because of the floods, they didn't play for about the next three days, but you got the opener yeah. in that time. That was good. Yeah. But, boy, yeah. it'd be, uh, be nice if it was like May first to Labor Day, and then the postseason <laughs> after that. But uh, that is not you happening. know the money involved, uh, and, and as you mentioned, night games. Now the other thing, even in those in those cold weather's probably the coldest game I pitched in was a a day game in Boston. I think it was my first win as a twin. Billy Place, my roomie, came in and saved it. I think we beat him three to two, and there was like snow flurries d- during the game. Of course. With the wood bats, the heavier bats in those days as pitchers, if we had a decent fastball, we loved that because those hitters, man, if they got hit on the trademark, they'd be wringing their hands for a half hour. Uh, uh, we had a little Verlander show here last night. He, uh, It's kind of a cliche, and everybody mentioned it, but he's an old-fashioned pitcher in a way because he'll get you out all day long if he, if at 93 if you let him. But uh, if you wor- if you work something up and get a rally going, all of a sudden he'll throw ninety seven. Yeah, he's. Uh, I had a nice chat with Justin this winter. He came to play golf at the club by Matt. Just a quick aside. Financially, I was telling the young man that caddied for him, who also uh, does for me on occasion. And I said, Maddie, let me put Justin's career and my career in perspective. I said, at twenty eight million, I believe he signed an extension, and if yes. you paid for six months. Your paycheck every two weeks for, in his case, will I think be about two point three million. Yes, I said I had twenty five big league contracts and my total earnings were two point one million. <laughs> so I said he, he he passed me in two weeks. Yes, <laughs> and so he's but, the uh, guy you want to caddy for, not me, is what you were telling right. him because he'll uh, you should you be able at, to get a couple uh, hundred out of him. So. Right. When you look at Verlander, uh, Scherzer, and Kluber, you know what they did last night. They're they're really the elite pitchers. But what makes Justin different, as you mentioned, is that uh, you know Scherzer is max out every yeah. pitch. And yeah. Of course, Kluber has that great breaking ball. But uh, but Justin and I did his a game of his. Oh, I don't know, ten years ago uh, when he was like you know close to a hundred miles an hour, and the harder they hit it, the harder he tried to throw it. Yeah. And uh, Jim Leland was telling me about that. But now he's figured out how to kind of find that cruising speed like the old Hall of Famer Robin Roberts used to tell me about. You know, you find that cruising speed, and then 
all of a sudden, if somebody leads off with a double or a triple, you jack it up a few miles per hour, which I think that organizations would do well if they took their young pitchers who, say, pitched at 93, and in the minor leagues, give them the ball and say, let me see you pitch three innings and never hit 90. Yeah, or... You know, and just, just learn how to pitch, and then as they develop, they'll become what Justin Verlander has become, where... They got a little, as Dizzy Dean used to say, a little extra on that one. You yeah. can rear back and let it go. Well, I was comparing him to a guy like Syndergaard, who's just absolutely monster out, throwing as hard as he can. And, you know, you don't have to do that if you're getting them out with five miles an hour less. You don't have to do that and put that kind of... There's no way it doesn't create more stress on your arm, is there? Well, I don't. I don't think so. You know, I was just shocked when I heard where Syndergaard threw 101 in spring training, and I'm saying, why? If I was capable of throwing 101, which obviously I never was, but I would pitch in spring training like my arm hurt. But I'd get all my work in down in the bullpen on the side, and then when opening day came, you'd have a wow. They'd say, "Man, he's got a little more than we thought." But if, if Syndergaard would learn to pitch like Verlander. See, they had took Syndergaard out after four innings, two starts ago. Yep. His last start, he pitched six. Whereas Justin has figured it out how, as Warren Spahn told me, I don't know, 50-some years ago, uh, when the game's tied in the seventh, the game's just starting. Because you have to learn <laughs> to pitch Mickey Mantle differently in the eighth inning than you did in the first inning. And Justin has, uh, has figured that out. He's a pleasure to watch. Uh, the Twins are going to have to uh, figure out something here with Sano. You just can't let him strike out uh, 12 times a week and then uh, hope he hits a couple of home runs uh, during it. what it happens. Man, it's uh, uh, last night he came up in a big situation, and there nobody in the whole upper Midwest thought that he wouldn't strike out against Verlander. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's a tough assignment, but I think it goes back to I was watching the Cub game today, and I heard where the Cubs are among the league leaders in swinging and missing pitches in the strike zone, like Baez, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Baez and um, uh, Schwarber, one other. But you know the old expression when we were kids, just meet it, just meet it. You know, you figure the pitcher's throwing pretty hard, and then as you swing toward the ball, if you just make good contact, it's gonna it's going to get out there somewhere. Rod Carew used to just, you know, he'd play pepper with the outfielders. He'd just hit one to left, left, center, center. Even Harmon would, wouldn't hit, you know, maybe three, four balls over the wall. He was just trying to get loose and smooth as, you know, get his swing, have some rhythm. But you watch batting practice today, you can understand the strained obliques. Every pitch they swing at, is like max effort, like they're going to break the distance record. And, and and then I think that's why we have, obviously, the high number of swings and misses, strikeouts, and uh, and injuries. And plus, they hit a lot more than hitters did in the past. You know, they got tunnels, they got batting practice pitchers, and boy, you do that 162 games, you got to get worn down a little as well. Uh, this Houston club's in here right now, and they're not really hitting. Uh, they they hit well early, and then they didn't they didn't hit during that series with San Diego, and they didn't do much last night. But man, that's a good ball club. Oof, they they're the yeah, world champs. You know, all the uh, the hype was about uh, the Yankees getting Stanton, which boy, you talk about going through a tough time. He's got two 
platinum sombreros for fans <laughs> that haven't right. heard that term. You know, yeah. you strike out three times a hat trick, then the golden sombrero, and boy, is he heard it from the New York fans. But, you know, New York had all the hype, and uh, all of a sudden it's like, even though Houston won the World Series, everybody was forgetting about it. But they're they're better than they were last year. So I, I can't see, uh, you know, you never know in postseason in a short series, but Certainly when you have a guy like Verlander and you back him up with Garrett Cole and you still have Keiko there, it would be hard to think that they were certainly not a team that would repeat. Yeah, uh, good luck in that division. What's your uh, read on Otani, sir? Boy, I'll tell you, that was impressive. <laughs> you know, again, it's a good example of why even keep statistics in spring training. Yes, you know, there all the all the concern out there was, oh, the guy is late. He's not catching up with a fastball. He's not doing this, and then he comes out of the gate and look what he does. So I'm I'm really happy for him and for Billy Epler and the Angels out there that they made a good decision because, uh, you know, he'll probably only pitch once a week. That's where they're they're trained in Japan, but uh, he's awfully impressive to be able to to swing the bat and then, you know, pitch as well. Man, that would have been fun to be able to. I'd have loved to have been able to do that during, in the early days. He doesn't rely on, uh, I mean, he's got the the great split finger, but when people are looking for the 100, you, you don't have to have the great one. But he's not throwing it uh, all the time like a Mike Scott did because that hit pitches hard on the elbow. What's the difference between a split finger and what they call a fork ball when you were pitching? Much? I think it's just the speed. Yeah, I think the speed, the fork ball was more of a changeup, like Elroy yeah. Pace, the great reliever yeah. from the Pirates. But then Bruce, my friend and teammate Bruce Suter, came along and he he gripped the ball, you know, between those fingers and threw it with the same arm speed as a fastball. But it just kind of the bottom dropped out of it like a changeup. But now I think by throwing it from the time they're young pitchers, they've stretched those fingers out a little bit where they can really get the ball wedged in there. And so they throw it with more velocity than the old fork ball. And, you know, when thrown around knee high, you know, it's almost unhittable because to the hitter, you know, it looks like it's going to be a strike, but in the end it ends up somewhere down in the dirt. I think the other day, I believe he set a record for – a seven-inning performance or something, he had 24, maybe more than that, swings and misses yeah. on the split finger. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's a guy right now, uh, if he were pitching uh, in a city that, that I was in, I would pay to go watch him uh, pitch. And they had the ballpark full. Uh, usually the Angels at this time of year are not certain to be full, but they had the ballpark full. Did Suter ever have many elbow problems with that split finger? Oh, yeah, yeah, he had the surgery later. I okay. mean, it, it will, I think the only the only pitcher that's pitched a whole career, and you can talk to him because he's right there in Minnesota, was Jack Morris. You know, yeah. Jack, had, Jack had that split finger. He had more than just the split finger, but I think he's one of the few that was able to, to pitch that for his whole throw it for his whole career because – if you're sitting at home, for example, and you take a ball and wedge it between your fingers as you split your middle and index finger, you can all you can almost feel that ultra uh, uh, collateral uh, ulnar collateral ligament, the famous Tommy John surgery ligament. You can feel that stretch, huh. and so when you think about doing that hundreds of times over a period of years, uh, 
you got to be pretty fortunate not to have that break down. Jim, you're the greatest. Thank you, sir. Okay, Patrick, take care. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. The great Jim Cott. That got a little long, didn't it? But that's uh, fine. We'll be back. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. strike outside corner. He painted it up on Sano on that 3-2 fastball. He got him. Big strikeout for Verlander. Getting his nemesis, Joe Maurer, swinging for the first out of the sixth inning. Swing and a foul tip caught by McCann. Strikeout for Verlander. Two huge strikeouts with first and third and nobody out. Are you here by circle? Uh, Justin Verlander is, you know, he doesn't have much going on in his no, life. No, pretty we boring existence. He, he's won a Cy Young or a couple of, he's MVP won a couple of awards, MVP. Boatload of cash. never has he won Sports Person of the Day. <laughs> and, uh, that, you know, that's, help him on a warm night, a cool night, right? Uh, to uh, have look around and admire that sports He'd be able to nestle up next to this. And... Look at that certificate, honey. Anyway, uh, sports person of the day. Oh my God. The uh, Twins future, uh, the future Hall of Famer of Houston last night. Seven innings, four hits, one walk, nine strikeouts, 109 pitches. Uh, he's now 2-0 this year with a 145 ERA. He's a seven and one with a two forty seven ERA in Target Field, and has beaten the Twins eighteen times. You know what's interesting wow. too, Pat? When you look back at this, because I thought of this last night when he was pitching. Remember, at the deadline, he signed off at the absolute oh, yeah, last was, yeah, second to go to Houston. Left to go to Houston, and yeah. this has been a career renaissance for him because he kind of started to. But you, you wonder getting in, onto that team with that much youth. It really was a wonderful for you. I got a question for you. Talk to me. Tigers had him. They had Scherzer. Yeah. They had Annie Ball. How'd they know? Yes. They had Fister, and mm-hmm. who was the fifth? Who am I missing? Would they had another have, good pitcher. They had another good. Start. Would it have been Zimmerman, or was Zimmerman not there yet? Uh, Zimmerman. I think Zimmerman went there when Scherzer left. Okay. Yes. Okay. But they had I another think. guy. Did they have a lefty? They had one other guy. I can't think. Oh, Price. Price! Price! No. Yeah, they got a price in They had David Price. How did they not win it? I don't know. How did they not win it? Remember the play in Fenway. Torrey almost robbed Ortiz of the Grand Slam. The Detroit Tigers were up 2-1 on that series. And then Detroit or Boston came back and beat them and went on and beat the Cardinals in the World Series. That was Detroit's best team. How did they not go 11-0 to win the World Series with those guys? Unbelievable. Well, you know Prince, what it was? Prince, was, Prince Fielder was still, still there, the, yeah. I think, right? But their, their big problems in those teams, their bullpens were awful. Yes. Even though Jose Valverde was my favorite reliever. He was. Because <laughs> <I love laughs> he put his hands on his belly like a reliever well, should. He would come, come set, and they were out here. <laughs> he was, he was can't-miss television. Oh, my God. He, he was... How, how would you like to be Scherzer or Verlander or one of those guys? Pitch your arse off. You get two outs in the eighth. They bring somebody in to get a last out in the eighth. And then here he comes. And you know you got about a 40% chance to win the game. <laughs> All right. We'll be back.
Yes. Major League Baseball has suspended Lavello and Yachty. No. Yes, How can you give them each one game? How can you give a, cat, a manager the same punishment as a everyday middle-of-the-lineup player? <laughs> Stupid. Plus, he called him a... Mother bleeper twice. Yeah, twice, yeah. You know, it's stupid. If that was the case, you'd be suspended for about That's a right. month. But <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't. I usually call it. To, I don't call it to anybody I work with, right? Well, or compete with. Yeah. Once in a while, but yeah, that's not a big deal. It's a term of endearment around here. <laughs> it's like calling someone dummy. You yeah, know, that's, that's why we're glad Kenny's back. Hey, that's, dummy. That's true. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Lovella is going to serve his suspension tonight, and Yachty, of course, has appealed. Yeah. So I like Yachty's comment. He called me a bleep twice. If you're going to call somebody <laughs> that, you better be ready to fight. Yes, that's well, right. I agree with him. I think so. Yep. Uh, this update sponsored by Too Contents. bad Gardy wasn't still there as the bench coach to calm down oh, Lavelle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, would have, he would have kept them from getting too excited. Yeah. Then Lavello just said, well, it's just a bad choice of words. Yes. Well, yeah, it is. Gardy got ejected in his first game of the year. Well, for damn good reason. <laughs> yes, they he did. Cost him the game with a stupid replay. This update sponsored by Account Temps. Demand for top talent is at an all-time high. Account Temps can help you find highly skilled temporary accounting and finance professionals who fit your needs and hit the ground running. Account Temps, a Robert Half Company. Twins will try to even up their series with the we're, Astros. We're shortening up the breaks. We're only going to have a one instead yeah. of two of those. Not, not my best effort <laughs> right. today. That's kind of like the speed up rules in baseball. <laughs> right <there. laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, Jake Odorizzi pitches for the Twins. Dallas Keuchel pitches for Houston. A righty kind of lineup for the Twins. Dozier, Mauer, Sano, Escobar, Grossman, Morrison, Garver, Buxton, and Ryan Lamar in left the, field. Uh, the fans are starting to take note of uh, Logan Morrison's uh, struggles here. Here. He's starting to get ripped on Twitter. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Johnny and I were just talking about. Thank God it's the Whiteys in town this weekend. Uh, the forecast: we're supposed to get about a half a foot to a foot of snow over the course Saturday of the or Sunday. There's, there's right? various, Friday, it's Friday, Friday through Saturday. Sunday. Yeah. Friday so Friday they could Sunday. come back for uh, three straight doubleheaders. Oh, wouldn't them. that be great? <laughs> going to suck to be you guys this weekend. No, that's real funny. That's uh, One other baseball note, sort of, since you guys talked about Otani, you and uh, Mr. Cat. Uh, the uh, sports memorabilia world is buzzing over Shohei Otani. In fact, his autographed tops rookie card sold for $6,700 Monday night. You're kidding night. me. Nope. Wow. Red Ink autographed card from the 2018 Tops Heritage set. Uh, could have brought in about 1500 to 2000 toward the end of spring training, but uh, after the way he started the season, uh, $6,725 it went. Wow. It'll come down to a winner-take-all for the Wolves on Wednesday. Tomorrow night, the winner of the Wolves-Nuggets game at the Target Center moves on to the playoffs. Meanwhile, forward Taj Gibson practiced in the words of Coach Tom Thibodeau, quote, a little bit mm-hmm. today. You got to practice for 48 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> practice for a full 48 minutes. He remains questionable for the season finale against Denver. He has a neck issue. Uh, little Novocaine never killed anybody. Let's, Boy, let's they're going to need him up. tomorrow night. They got no shot if he can't mm-hmm. go tomorrow night. No shot. Wild open up their playoff run tomorrow evening. They'll be on the road to play a Winnipeg in the opener of their best of seven series. Uh, we found out today the X Games are coming back to U.S. Bank Stadium through the year 2020. ESPN in Minneapolis agreed. 20, oh, oh, yeah, 2020. Okay. Agreed right. to an extension, and the announcement came this morning. Uh, it starts 100 days from today, a general admission. 
uh, cost 20 to 40 bucks per day of the 20th through the 22nd of July. The opening events, the BMX, the skateboard vert uh, in the half pipe, they're all free to attend on July 19th. Judd and I were there last year, and you never saw such two dummies trying to ask questions. It was uh, it was quite. A Is combo. that the half pipe? <laughs> <laughs> it was not good. Well, Judd we seems like a big motocross kid. guy. Oh, yeah, he's big on oh, it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Try to compare that. it to hockey. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Ryder Cup announcement made official today. Uh, they did bring in the actual Ryder Cup. And, yes, John Schuster from the U.S. Men's Olympic Curling Team carried it in. You're more of a, you've become a bigger pain in the ass than Sister Jean. <laughs> uh, Sister Jean. Now, wait a minute. This, this means, though, that you didn't fib. What? You are going to retire after the Ryder Cup this uh, year. Yeah, it's just 2028. Not 2016. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, the sister, she threw out the first ball today at the yes. Cubs game. How far Cubs. away was she? I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. They did lose, though. They lost to the Pirates 8-5 to five mm-hmm. today. So yeah, just... well, yeah. Sister Jean, guess what? You're a loser. <laughs> right, you're a curse. <laughs> two you're a, a curse. You lost the national championship You lost, or the semifinals. You lost this. You're a loser, sister. <laughs> you uh, talked about the retirement of Richie Incognito that came suddenly yesterday. Uh, one of his teammates, Bills running back LaShawn McCoy, reacted with surprise, and he made Incognito a counter office, uh, offer. He said, wait, wait, no. He said, Wood and you, uh, that would be Eric Wood, who's also retiring, the center, uh, listen, uh, 1,500 yards, I'll give you 300K cash. <laughs> <laughs> and he also called Richie Incognito his favorite white boy ever. My favorite, <laughs> yep, my favorite white boy ever. Can't retire. LOL. Love you, dog. And you know what's interesting about that? I forgot about Eric Wood. They're starting center. Do you know why he's retiring? No. He has a debilitating neck injury in which he might it might hamper his ability to walk. Well, he's got a good excuse. Well, no, what I'm saying is that makes what they're trying to do with his money even that more egregious, in my opinion. Well, not incognito. They're stealing his money. I get that, but what I'm okay. I, yeah, I, I'm okay. trying to link, and okay. it's not happening because like oh yeah, two different okay. players. In other words, yeah. Well, Sharif Floyd. There's right. same thing. All right, thanks, John. You bet. Taking the ride with Roycey. Lousy voice, but it was distinctive. On 1500 ESPN. The ride with Roycey now continues. It's time for Late Hits. 0-2, Wagoner delivers. Mays hits it in the left field. That is the greatest baseball player who ever lived, Willie Mays, getting his 3,000th hit. Of course, Willie was uh, extremely prominent in the 50s and 60s when uh, black players from the uh, National League dominated uh, baseball. Uh, You go back and look at that all-star team that played at Met Stadium in 1965. Fantastic. Uh, As I always say, the outfield was Frank Robinson, Billy Williams, and Roberto Clemente, the backup outfield. (laughs) That was the uh, backup outfield. Aaron uh, Mays and Pops Stargell was the starting outfield that year. All, you know, three African-American guys. Well, uh, baseball, uh, looking at the 750 players who were active on opening day, March 29th, the percentage of African-Americans was 8.4%, not 
too impressive, but the highest level since 2012. Uh, the, uh, and one of the big reasons is this, uh, the first urban youth academy was started in Compton in uh, 2006. Is this the RBI program? Uh, no, it's a, oh, it's a different one. Okay. Sort of a, sort of the same, but it's, okay. uh, but this is more hardcore trying to turn sure. you into okay. a baseball player Got it. type of thing. And, uh, that's, uh, Aaron Hicks went through that. Uh, Chris Davis went through that. Hunter Green, the pitcher selected by Cincinnati. Here, to me, is the most instructive thing of baseball's outreach to uh, the black community, making some progress. We're not saying it, uh, it is certainly uh, getting the greatest athletes at all because uh, basketball and football are dominating still. But 20% of the first-round draft picks from t- 2012 to 2017, the last six years, have been African-American. Really? So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and uh, there's there's uh, uh, the, Renee Torado, who's the MLB chief of this area, said it's translating, but it's a marathon, not a race. I but, wonder too how much uh, we'll still see growth because of the lack of people playing football. I think you will see more growth. Uh, Manny and I were talking about this yeah. today. That I think if you can, uh, uh, you can get mom and dad. And, uh, you know, the African-American kids, they have the same concerns about, you know, concussions as everybody else. Mm-hmm. If you can get to, if you get those kids, you know, one thing with baseball, you got to get away. You got to get the game moving when they're six, seven and eight years old. You know, yeah. you can't just have 20 people chasing a ball that's going out to the field like the <laughs> T-ballers and Woodbury do. So uh, you, you got to, you got to hook them young. But uh, I think that, I think. Baseball is trying, I'll say that for him. Hey, this is uh, Jacob Junis. Uh, oh, the Kansas City kid. The, I saw him. Who did, we, did we see him pitch against the Twins last year? I saw him pitch last year. I think he did, He yeah. came up, and I, I said, man, that kid looks pretty good. Well, uh, he uh, he has been uh, fantastic so far. Big, hulking, hard-throwing right-hander. Uh, the Royals beat Seattle ten to nothing last night. He had a no hitter. Uh, what through seven? Through right? seven, I know. Yeah. And uh, Junis, uh, it says he's a long. He, this Daniel Vogelback is a longtime friend. I don't know where Junis is from because uh, uh, Vogelback played with Hunter, Hunter Chubby Hunter Boyd down in Fort Myers. That's okay, where he's from. But uh, anyway, this kid throws great, and but there's a little story here. In the fifth inning, he was uh, getting a little wild, and Yost turned to Dale Swaim, his uh, bench, bench coach, coach, and said uh, uh, he thought he was, he said if he didn't get the next hitter out, he was thinking about pulling him, and Swaim said, you know he's got a no-hitter going, don't you? And he said, no, I didn't really, he didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah, this kid's a big, strong kid and throws pretty damn good. Uh, the Cavs sign Kendrick Perkins. What was he doing? Nothing? Nothing. Did he not have a job? Nothing. Hanging out with 13, KG a couple months ago. 13-year veteran. One, last year. I didn't know he wasn't even playing. Last year with one game to go in the season. Uh, who'd they sign? Yeah, they signed, uh, or in 2016, they signed uh, Dante Jones. With, Dante with Jones, One yeah. game to go in the season. Uh, one game to go in the season. They signed uh, Kendrick Perkins to their last uh, roster spot. 
And uh, I don't get the move. Then what is he? Because he's not going to be in the playoff he, roster. I don't think he, I don't think he'll be eligible for the playoff roster. So well, may, well, you know him? what? Maybe he will be because if he was, no, a, he wasn't. He didn't have a job. You know, but yeah, yeah, he I'm not, he, he I'm not could sure. play, but I don't. Oh, so this is if him. someone gets hurt in the playoffs, kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah, I okay, guess so. maybe. okay. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the NBA is doing fairly well because the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, <laughs> Robert, a guy named Robert Para, yeah, uh, is trying to re- retain control of the Grizzlies. He's got a little buy sell deal with the Grizzlies. The uh, and he had two minorities. Steve Kaplan was the guy who yeah, was Kaplan. Uh, that's right. Yep, was almost bought into Glenn Taylor's team and was going to have a deal to buy that club. The Grizzlies have been valued between one point three billion and one point four billion, <laughs> and probably considering the size of the market and everything else, it's got to be. It's got to be at the lower half of the of the value of NBA franchise. I gotta think yeah, so. Yeah, the margin, yeah, the the bottom third probably. So uh, they're worth a lot of money. I think the Bucks are also a team that's kind of towards the bottom too, but they're they're getting a new arena next year yeah. that's opening, so that's going to yeah. help boost them up a little too. Plus, we got, we got Giannis, who thank God we didn't draft when we had a chance to get Shabazz. Uh Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and his new girlfriend Danica Patrick are. Uh, traveling around the world, basically on a philanthropic me- mission for Starkey Hearing, and they went and met the Dolly. Yeah, they uh, met the Dalai Lama and uh, presented him with a. Rogers presented the Dolly with a football and got a Green Bay Packer hat on his head, uh, which uh, is uh, you know that's that's pretty good, but. Uh, who, who do you think? Who do you think? Who do you think is the charitable one in that group? Danica or Aaron? Well, doesn't he, uh, Rogers has another big charity that I know he devotes a lot of time to? So it could be a combination of the. Or is this the? We're in our initial stages of our relationships. So we're trying to impress one another with our charitable causes. I don't know what it is, but uh, everything I hear about Danica, I don't think this one's going to work. You don't like the long-term ah, like the chances, long-term. huh? She's an attractive girl, but she's supposed to be a little hard-nosed. A fireball? Yeah, well, but, um, she, she wants things her way. Ah! I she see. wanted to and get I married to, wants, uh, uh, what's, uh, what's his name? Ricky, uh, Ricky Stenhouse? Or? Did, I don't know if she wanted to get married. I think she, she wanted to get married, and, oh, he and, didn't want and he didn't, I don't think he, I I think don't he was a little hesitant about don't that. Don't get married, don't do no, it. No, no, Unless you completely overachieve. Yeah. Like, one of the threesome in here has done so. <laughs> All right. Please. It shall remain nameless. <laughs> Manny, I have a huge complaint, but you go first. My daily complaint is uh, with Dirk Nowitzki. Okay, he announced about... Uh, apparently, it's reported about 20 minutes ago he is returning for, for a 21st season. He will not walk he will away. Not walk now, away. is he got a contract? Even, he's not. Yeah, he's under contract. He's not even. I think they're only paying him about five million bucks this year. Ugh. Like he's only. He's not even making that much money. Which you know, if you're Mark Cuban, you're not. Was he trying about to that, accomplish some goals or something? I mean, I is he's he trying got, to set some he's landmarks. Got, he's got the ring. He's got the uh, MVP. He's got. You know, mm-hmm. he's got more than 30,000 points. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's worried about LeBron passing him on the scoring list. The, the, but there's, like, there, haven't been, there haven't been so many basketball experts 
wrong about a guy as they were about him. That's though, right. When he was an 18 or 19-year-old kid. He's skinny. What a waste. Statistically, uh, he's actually had a decent year. He shot it over 40% mm-hmm. from three. But it's like, Dirk, come on. You're mm-hmm. going to be back, 40 baby. this summer. And, <laughs> what do you uh, got? Uh, breaking news. The uh, Gopher football team will now play their annual spring game at 6 o'clock on Thursday. Because of weather better? I don't know. I just want to alert the five people that were going to go out there. Oh, oh, I bet it must be because it's going to snow on Saturday. So they're oh, so they're moving it up. Yeah, they're moving it up. They're moving it up. Okay, to still get it on the Big Ten Network. That would be great. Well, I can sense the excitement. This is kind of a big complaint. I don't know what we can do anything about it. You know what my complaint is? I'm really afraid right now. The way Earth rotates around the sun. I'm very offended. (laughs) What? I want it to be a little more balanced, okay? I don't like this fact that you're up here. If you end up being located up here, you got to freeze your arse off. I don't like the way it works. The sun is very imbalanced, right? Not that he needs to channel any other cantankerous sports writer. But feeling extra salty, we now present Royce's Tom Powers moment. You're mad at the sun. I'm mad at the earth earth. for how it goes around the sun because we get stuck here. It should be baseball season. If the earth, the earth, at this time, the earth should be treating us the same as it does Florida. You know, I, uh, that's what I shouldn't be surprised by this because it was just a few days ago or maybe a week or so ago that you did get into a Twitter spat about ketchup. Yes. Well, (laughs) ketchup. Bleep you, ketchup. (laughs) Ketchup is always trying to get somewhere where you don't want it to go. That's what I'm saying. You put it on a hot dog, you put it on a whatever else, it's always trying to get on the floor. On my shirt. (laughs) Yeah, my shirt, floor. It's a a pain in the ass. I don't use a lot of it, but it's, it's, you know, just stay where you're supposed to be, ketchup. That's another thing. Oh, my God. Old man uh, rants. Uh, Yells but, uh, at Cloud. <laughs> yes, I, I get that. Uh, I get that every once in a while. But uh, you know, come on, son, Let, old, do your job. Do your old job. Old man yells at son. <laughs> <laughs> do your job, son. We want to play ball. We don't want to freeze anymore. Come on. We'll do this again tomorrow. Just to have you near. Tell me you will try. To slip away somehow